Welcome to Bonehead! Welcome to Bonehead. This special episode, we have Kane Hodder. Now, this well, is... Well, let's address let's, let's address the elephant in the room. The fact that there's is that only... Is a fat two, joke? No. It's the fact that there's only two of us. There's only two of us because, because James uh, is dead. And as you can see, I'm wearing my glass, my sunglasses in memory of James Thomas, who has passed away. He died the way he lived. On top of a hooker. <laughs> oh, I was going to... Do him blow. No, no, let's be serious. We know how he really passed away with his head stuck in a generic tub of vanilla ice cream from Kroger's. That's way better than what I was going to say. He died the way he lived with his head stuck up his ass. We, <laughs> we kept telling him to use a spoon. And he's like, no, nah, why are you doing it in my mouth? <laughs> it's usually the voice you use yeah, for me. I know. <laughs> but James isn't here and James can't punch me. For people who don't often listen or watch it, watch us, Chad often makes fat jokes about me if you don't know me outside. Because Chad used to be fat. I still am. But anyway. A little tubby. So anyway, we have this? a special guest star, Kane Hodder. Now, Chad wasn't with us when we did this interview with Kane because he was like, I want to take my family to Disney World because I'm a good dad. <laughs> and that's more important than Bonehead. <laughs> Bonehead is second place to my children who are going to hate you no matter what. Should I point out that the, the mouse ears were delicious? No, because you would be a dick. Oh, wait, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, They were delicious and creamy and sweet, and they are melted you talking in my about, mouth. Are you talking about ice cream still? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, your kids are going to hate you no matter what. Yes. What did but you I, have to prove? I at least had to try. Look at Phil's kids. Our friend Phil Spillman. Oh, no. <laughs> I hope he's listening or watching this right now. But anyway, it's a little bit different of an episode because... We had to break it up. We James and I were there. As I mentioned, Chad's a total loser and wasn't there for the opening of the premiere of the movie as Scarefest. But James and I were, and we got to do a quick 10, 15 minutes Q&A with Kane Hodder. And then, later on in the weekend, Chad found his way back home. And we got to do another 40 minutes. It was with- like a less... Fantastic version of Homeward Bound. Another 30 or 40 minutes with the director and the producer of the movie. The movie was called To Hell and Back. And actually, you really should check it out. You should check it out if you're into movies because it's fascinating. The stunt work, the different stories, the different people who are in movies, who are there, who are in the movie, talking about that. It's also fascinating just as a human interest tale. Mm-hmm. This is usually where James chimes in and yeah. says something. I'm actually Well, doing- you know, back in the Scarlet Letter... <laughs> They po. talked about Poe. Edgar Allan Poe. I don't know why we want to talk. He hates him so much. Harlan Ellison. God, he, he thinks, thinks Harlan Ellison is a hack. hack. Is a total hack. Anyway, so. And Henry David Thoreau did not know a damn thing he was writing about. Didn't he marry Jennifer Aniston? I think that's why James likes him so much. <laughs> anyway. Back to what we were saying. It's a special episode. So if you're listening to us on iTunes, that's great. The sound's going to be a little odd because right next to us was a huge party. And we were at a huge party. And we were all having a good time. That's really all James I'm going to say. James was That's all I'm going to say about that. Which is how he ended up with his head in the vanilla ice cream, which is why he's no longer with us. Actually, I think that's how he ended up with his head up his ass. But nevertheless. I think it was Superman ice cream, actually. Ooh, Continue. Superman. You know what? It all tastes like vanilla. Yes. There's no argument there. There's no argument there. 
mean, all cool. the, and all color Fruit Loops taste exactly the same. That's true. So you're probably in a hurry to watch Kane Hodder or listen to Kane Hodder. So we're going to get off here and listen to Kane Hodder, I guess. Yes. Enjoy. <sighs> Without James, because he sucks. My name's Joe Lewis. You're supposed to like a plug for that shit. Really? Come on. Over to the right of me is James Thomas. We represent Bonehead. Anybody listen to Bonehead? Hey! Two assholes out there. Two assholes that listen to Bonehead. You guys suck. And then we got a bunch of people over here drinking. Welcome to the stage, Kane Hodder. <laughs> What's up, brother? Hey. How you doing? I'm fine. What's it like having a documentary made by you? Uh, flattering, I guess. I mean, I've had an interesting life, and it's, uh... Really? What do you do? It's not. <laughs> Are you in construction? Destruction, yes. I am in destruction. That's cool. Who are you waving at? Those are all my Is it R.A.? Yeah? Yeah? We have, like, two fans in the back. That's about it. Woo! Yeah! Drunk ladies. <laughs> oh! Yeah, we're going to do the podcast really quick. So let's go ahead and ask you a few questions. How did this all get started? Let's sit down. All right, sit down. Nothing wrong with sitting, is there? I look fatter. Yeah. So how did it get started? How did it get started? Well, no, for the, for the movie, because we're here for it to help him back. It's not everybody that gets a documentary made about it. Uh, no, I mean, Derek uh, approached me, and uh, the book had come out. Uh, shortly before he decided he thought they should do a visual version of the book, basically. Um, because uh, my life hasn't always been easy and fun and uh, all that, and a lot of people respond to that. So. You and Hal Nito, are you the only two stunt actual people who wrote a book? Um, hmm, that's a good question, actually. I know I'm amazing. Nobody has ever asked me that. Uh, Hal Nito, yeah. He, he used to brag about how many bones he broke. And uh, for me, uh, that's kind of bragging about fucking up, if you ask me. <laughs> I'm just supposed to do stunts and not get hurt. I mean, really. But then we're talking about the same guy that bragged about living in Burt Reynolds' guest house for 10 years too, right? <laughs> no, he's a good guy, I knew him. Um, and he was a legend within the business, for sure, so. Right, yeah, it's, his son does stunts as well, right? Um, I think so. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. So one thing I have to say, and I know this is covered in the documentary in the book. One thing I'm a father, so I automatically say you have done a lot of with everything that you've suffered. You've done a lot of outreach to kids that also have challenges. I just wanted to say that out loud. Thank you for that. As a as a parent, I've never had to go through a lot of that, but you do amazing stuff with that. And I just want to ask. You know, what really made you want to get into that side of it, of that outreach and things like that? Kiss ass question. No, I'm the serious guy. Uh, you know, when you go through some difficult shit and people help you through it, you appreciate that. And you also, I hope, tend to want to help others that might be going through something either similar or totally different if they're going through something. You know, it never hurts to talk to somebody that's been through some shit themselves. So um, I'm happy to do whatever I can for people. I, uh, I had Derek, uh, who directed my documentary, he's here. Where's Derek at? Stand up, Derek. Derek, oh, there you are in the back. 
we were in London uh, for the very first showing of the documentary, and I had him ask me uh, a few questions that have never been asked about my life and the documentary. And I didn't show him the questions until we were on the stage and he was doing the, the Q&A. And one of the questions was, are you, do you wish the accident where I got burned? And you guys all know about that, I think, mostly. Um, got burned and almost died. And that's kind of the whole to hell and back thing is the, the recovery from being burned and because I didn't have proper treatment. You'll hear all about it, but... Um, I have him ask me, do you wish the accident never happened? And uh, as horrific as it was and everything I had to go through, I'm not sure I wish it never happened because it certainly made me a better, more compassionate person, no doubt. Um, and so, you know, if, that, if it took something like that to make me the person that I am, then I guess I don't really hate it. So you think it gave you empathy? Oh, definitely. Yeah, right. That makes sense. That makes sense. Oh, I'm so sorry. I had the next question. No, 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 that's cool. What's the hardest story that you had to go back through when you're working on the documentary? What was the one, maybe other than the burns, that you, you either forgot or it was, it was a little tougher than you thought it would be to tell it? Well, Derek and Andrew, he's also the producer. He's here too. Andrew, where are you? Back Stand, Stand up, Andrew. There he is. He's the producer of the documentary. Uh, we all went to the burn unit that I was in. Once I finally was transferred after four months to a burn unit, we went and visited, and I haven't been back there since. So it was pretty tough being back in the facility where I had so much pain and you know suffering and stuff. But they saved my life, so that's why we went back there. And you'll you'll see it in the documentary. Okay, I know we, who wants to see the movie? Does anybody want to listen to us and watch us for another hour and a half? All right, see that? Yeah, I don't give a shit about him. I got like two fans. <laughs> no offense, I'm totally into beards, obviously. This dude's flipping me off. All right, but before I go, before we do anything, I've got to ask you, um, somebody announced a new movie? Maybe something to do with some sort of instrument that you stab people with, or you can cut wood with, or maybe starts with a, uh, no, it's not a machete. What would that be, a hatchet, maybe? <laughs> well, yes, uh, we did a, a fourth hatchet film. It's called Victor Crowley. Uh, we shot it last September, last year, and kept it secret until just uh, like three or four weeks ago. And that was a tough thing to keep secret, but it's now touring, so keep an eye on that because it's uh, it's a fun romp <laughs> with murderous violence and lots of blood. So sweet. <laughs> so you had a lot of fun coming back to it. I know you love playing the character. I really do. Victor Crowley is a uh, is just about as much fun as playing Jason was. So for me, it's. Uh, since I got replaced as Jason, they gave me a new character to do, and uh, I, I have loved it. And I think, honestly, that the Hatchet films are overall better films than the Friday ones because they're better written and the characters are more interesting in between the violence and stuff. So, 
Dead scene with a belt, Santa, right? <laughs> Absolutely, and I totally agree. So we're lower belt, Santa. I am power belt, Santa. I'm so sorry, so sorry. Well, anyway, I'm excited for the new Hatchet movie. I just wanted to let you all know about that. Any other upcoming projects you want to talk about? Well, uh, you guys know I've been working on the Friday the 13th video game. Uh, we started working on that, doing motion capture, last January of 2016 is when we started. And we just did another session last week. So they are consistently upgrading uh, the game and adding things to it. And the, the company that developed and came up with the game is right here in Lexington. So that's pretty cool. Uh, and a couple of the guys from the gun media are here somewhere. Where are you guys? Stand up. Yeah. Hey, you guys have been doing the video games. And, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a lot of fun because I feel like I'm back as a character. That's awesome. That's great. That's great. So you guys want to go ahead and watch the movie? You want to get excited? All right. Kane's going to, are you going to stay afterwards to answer any questions? You want to hang out and watch it? I'm not sure. It's, it's not easy for me to watch the whole thing, so I'm not sure what I'll do. I know you guys are excited about the movie. We're going to listen to one more song. Let's give it up for Kane! I sure did enjoy that. What about you? Oh, I loved it. I weeped. And I and I weeped? Yes, I weeped. Not wept? No, I weeped. What the hell is weeped? It's where you, you take a broom <laughs> and you do this thing. Isn't that weeping? I have no idea what planet you're from right now. No. It's because I got my I took my sunglasses off and now I'd have regular glasses on. And you don't can't figure out why James walks around at night with sunglasses no. on. Other than he's a weirdo. That poor dead or soul. Or was a weirdo. Yeah, he was a weirdo. He's James dead. Thomas. Never forget. Dead as a doornail. Mmm. Knock it tell me. The doors don't have nails. They have screws. Speaking of screws, let's talk about your sister. Let's go <laughs> ahead and introduce the producer and the director, director. of To Hell and Back. The director Derek Dennis Herbert and Andrew Barcello. <laughs> Derek Dennis Herbert directed it. Andrew Barcello produced it. Yes. And we were able to sit down with them for about 30 minutes and talk to them about the process, how it all came about. It was a really interesting interview. We hope. Because I was there. So you'll notice I wasn't there for the first part. I was there for the second part. Because you finally gave up on your children. Yes, and I knew, I knew James's time was short, so I rushed home to be with him. Yes. It's amazing how one can die of ass disease <laughs> <laughs> that quick. But he found a way. <laughs> we, we told him he contracted it and 48 hours later we told him four tubes of preparation H a day is not healthy but he just wouldn't listen the ass disease <laughs> it knows no love <laughs> oh damn you ass disease why why uh, anyway here's the producer and director of Tell and Back enjoy Alright, welcome to Bonehead. I'm Joe Lewis, as usual. James Thomas. I'm Disney drunk. <laughs> and with us we have two special guests. We have Andrew Barcello and Derek Dennis Herbert. Say hi, guys. Hi, thanks for hey, having us. Thanks hey, for having thanks. us. So what's great about this is that we actually have the producer and director of Kane Hodder's new documentary about him, To Hell and Back. So, how in the hell did you end up doing To Hell and Back? 
Well, I had read Kane's book that he co-wrote with Mike Aloisi called Unmasked, uh -huh. and thought it was a great story and one that deserved to be told. I was looking for a horror story to tell. I wanted to make a documentary on somebody, preferably in this industry, because I think a lot of people are very misunderstood in this in this world. People Absolutely. think they're these horrible people, but in fact, they're some of the nicest people. Some of the people who play the heavies tend to be, just like Bruce Campbell said mm -hmm. in your documentary, the people who play heroes turn out to be sometimes assholes, mm -hmm. and the ones who've just killed 30 people are the sweetest guys, a lot of times vegetarians and vegans. Yeah, so I did this, I listened to some video clips and audio clips of Kane talking as well, and, and knew he could tell a story. He wasn't just good with written word, he could actually right. speak. And so I, I brought the book to Andrew, and then... Uh, so Derek, Derek brought me this book and said, you really got to read this. And I, and I read it and it, I found it fascinating from a, a human interest element. You know, I, I've always uh, been a fan of, of stuntmen. I worked for WWE for a period of time. So, you know, professional wrestlers, all that was always interested in me. And Jackie Chan is like one of my idols and because of the <laughs> stuff he's gone through. And so I read this book and I was like, this is incredible. Uh, and, and I'm an entertainment attorney, so I know kind of the logistics of how to make a film, how to make it happen. Uh, so I came on as a producer and I said, let's do this. So we approached Kane and uh, kind of brought it to him and then the rest uh, now is airing is for see. Well, I'm kind of curious, how did you all know one another? Because the Boneheads have a long story. So Derek and I went to the same high school together, but we didn't go at the same time back right. in Connecticut. Yeah. Uh, and so when he moved out to Los Angeles, a mutual friend said, oh, the two of you should meet up. And uh, we became friends very quickly. So uh, that's kind of how we knew each other. Okay, so, uh, that's great, that's great, that's great. So you guys can chime in any time on this whenever you're ready. <laughs> but you had the European, you already had the European, a uh, European, I'm sorry, it's the, the world, third day. If you're world premiere, I hope you have your, shit. This is, by the way, this is us, we'll start And I really hope you have your diaper on if you're European. Yeah, thank you. But anyway, so tell us about the premiere you had in Europe. Well, it was great. We premiered at, at the Fright Fest in London uh, that's sponsored by Horror Channel. And it was it was a great event, and we, we were able to get up there and, and premiere at the same time as uh, Victor Kraut. Oh, oh wow. really? The new Hatchet film premiere yes. literally had its European premiere about, um, what was it, like four hours after our movie, I think? Yeah. Oh, wow. We had that. So we not only, which I thought was very fitting, we didn't necessarily plan it this way, they might have, and I hope they did, because I think what they got is Kane's past and present in the documentary, Yeah. and you hear him being willing and able and still obviously tough as nails and ready to keep working, and then bang, the people there got to see the new movie that no one knew about until yeah. a couple days before, exactly. right at the same one, like, we had heard about it but we didn't even know it was gonna come out. It was time. very hard to, because everyone said, oh, are you excited to be premiering here and, and, and leading up to it? And I wanted to say, well, of course, because we get to premiere next to Victor Crowley, and, and right. but it hadn't been announced yet. So we kind of had to keep quiet about <laughs> so that. It's like, really yeah, difficult to be like, getting... oh, of course, because you so, know, Kane has a long history here, and you know, Adam Green is a big part of the documentary, and he has a long history here. Meanwhile, and, we're thinking, And we did know, say, Victor like, you know, oh, the 10th anniversary of Hatchery, because that's how they kind of framed it, right, is screening. Right. So it'll be kind of nice for the fans to get to see that, too. But, yeah. I, I, I just don't, go ahead, Jeff. No, I was, no, you go first, and then I'll, I'll Well, I just don't, I don't know how you do a movie 
that high profile, same thing with Blair Witch last year, and keep it under wraps like that. Specifically when you can't even do, because the Boneheads moderate, we're at Scarefest right now for anyone who's either listening or watching, we're at Scarefest in Lexington, Kentucky. Should have said that to begin with. We do these panels and just a little bit of nugget of something will come out. And if there's 30 people in there, it's on social media, it is making news in an, within within the hour. So I have no idea how you keep that under wraps. I think they just kept it, I think they took it very seriously. Um, right. It's a small, independent, you know, company. Uh-huh. Everyone loves Adam. Everyone loves Kane. All the actors, obviously, were like, "Okay, we'll keep it quiet." Um, but for I, the crew to do that is incredible. That's what I'm yeah, saying. So many people are associated. The only person I know who's able to do something like that on this scale is J.J. Abrams, mm-hmm. because you know, Star Trek, Star Wars. Nobody knew what was going on. It was all hush hush. But something like this, to keep it that tight lipped, especially yeah. when horror fans are rabid. Yes. Oh, I of mean, course. Yeah, of course. Going to, it, it, well, that's why he didn't give any kind of indication yeah. that he would ever do it again. In fact, he did an interview about three weeks or so before it premiered saying that he doesn't think he'll ever do another right. Hatchet film. I remember listening <laughs> to that and I was like, you son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> we'll find out uh, in three weeks. Uh, but it's perfect. It's how you, you know, it's, you, you have to do that. It's yeah. like, and I think people understood how important it was to keep it yeah. secret. Yes, um, and so they just respected it, you know? I mean, there's uh, the thing is, you can obviously have people sign non-disclosures and all that stuff, but at the end of the day, it really just comes down to, do you trust the people you're talking to? Yeah. And do they understand how important it is to you? And I think people got that. Yeah, it's just incredible to me. Just like you were talking about, how do you just keep the crew? How did you keep the key grip from just mentioning it to his mother who mentioned it to someone, someone else? I don't know. That's fascinating to me. I, I, how much do you think Victor Crowley, from what I can gather from when we were talking to Kane the other night, I think it's almost more, he's almost more passionate about it than he was Jason. I think... Does that make sense? Yeah, I think that there's, there, look, Jason propelled him forward Absolutely. and allowed him oh. to start to do something, but, but Victor was something that he got to take on from the beginning, and he's the only Victor Crowley, right? You know, that's mm-hmm. that's it, right. that's his character. Um, so, you know, I don't really know if he can compare the two, but I know that he there's a real special place in his heart for Victor, because that's, that's you know, it's like his baby. Yeah. This monstrous killer baby. <laughs> but on the flip side, I feel he feels very much in tre- like he feels very uh, passionate about Jason too. And, mm-hmm. and if it was up to him, like he says, he never would have stopped playing it. Absolutely. Right. And so he kind of, you know, he's done some interviews where he's mentioned how he feels about some of the other uh, Jasons that came later because he just feels like they just didn't respect the character the way he did. He doesn't even care about their own, like, he agrees it was theirs to take it the way they wanted to. He just doesn't think they respected it as much as he did. And I'm not saying that, like, he doesn't know that they didn't. And he, you know, never says anything bad about the people portraying the character. Just, like, he didn't know if, like, he was Jason. He wasn't sure they were just not just playing characters. I also maintain that he's playing Jason again because I he, think so. he did the video game and that has been yeah. incredible. So, yeah. you know, and, and by the way, because he did the mocap for the video game, he's technically played every Jason because, you know, they've got Baghead Jason, which he didn't yeah. play, but now he has oh. and, and all of that. So, <laughs> technically. And they're, they're adding new footage. Ten days ago, he was yep. suited up Absolutely. again. And then yeah. a few months before that, he did even more. Like, so, that game's going to keep a lot of stuff. I mean, it's been wildly successful. Yeah, it was 
And the, 27, 72, um, could be a very good number. New kills added mm -hmm. 10 days ago. And yeah. FYI, the company responsible for it is in Lexington, Texas. Texas. Kentucky, yeah. Absolutely. Guys. I want to circle back to the documentary really quick because um, horror fans and things like that, but to be honest, I, I posted this on Twitter and I, I will say it on our, our, our show as well. Kane's story is not just for horror fans. It is truly just a fascinating story. And if you're a fan of any genre of movie, he's in it somewhere. He's in Star Trek. I'm a, I'm a big Star Trek nerd. He's in it. It's, I, yeah, you didn't hey. have to put Star Trek um, in front of that. Yeah, you didn't, I'm a yeah. huge nerd. You got out of everything to start with. Figuratively but, and literally. I mean, yeah. he did stunt work on Seven. He coordinates stunts everywhere. So there's just something about that that when I was watching, this isn't a horror documentary. This is a documentary about a human experience and somebody that has entertained people right. across genres. So watching that, I was just... You know, it, it's it's just a fascinating story, and I, I thank you all for bringing that to, to the visual way. So, what was as you went through that, knowing Kane's past, and if anybody doesn't know anything about Kane, pick up his book, pick up the book, see the movie, do both because there is something yes. about being visual. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. We there's there's a lot that's in the book, the little details and things, and when you're getting it from someone's first person perspective, it's different, and it's very different when you see it being told as well. Um, but I'm glad that you had that reaction to it because we went into it thinking there's a huge human interest element to this that Absolutely. any non-horror fan will enjoy, but then there's also the horror side. And so we did the best we could to make a balance. Yeah, it was a constant juggle between keeping every 10 minutes or so you have to keep both sides happy. Yeah. So yes. that's why we kind of jumped yeah. timelines a little mm -hmm. bit. We originally edited it chronologically, but then beginning was just sad. and The end wasn't sad at all. So it was like the whole beginning would have been a human interest right. field day. You yeah. needed bullying, the burn, you need everything. Yeah. You need to have a constant roller coaster yeah. on both yeah. sides. Yeah, we wanted so to be one a person, story. You know, yeah. so the you get rise up to the beginning with the montage, and then down with the bullying, and then up with the Jason, and then down with the burn, and then up with his recovery, and then down with right. it. Constantly has to do that, and like right. I think. Based on the reactions, we've achieved that. I hope. I hope but, people love you it. You know, going back to the Bruce Campbell side of things as well about that. What I love the first time I met Kane was the first Scarefest, mm -hmm. and so he's long been involved with Scarefest. Yes, Thank you, Kane, for that. For 10 yeah, 10 years. Years. And it's just meeting him for the first time. Uh, he is such a great guy, but he is also so intimidating. So when I saw that part about bullying. And this may shock people. I was an amazingly popular in school. I was a nerd. Are you um, amazingly popular now? Shut up. Uh, but I think the other side of that is you hear that <laughs> and you're just like, how? How? <laughs> and then the yeah. other part about that is I think about all the kids and I think about what he's done for kids oh, yeah. that are in treatment for burns. For I'm a father and I automatically just go, man, I can show this as they get older to my kids and say, this is a man that was bullied. This is a man that went through literally the closest you can get to burning in hell in real life. Yeah. And look at what he said. So it's something about that story. And to know, I've seen that guy. Yeah. We have some kids in there right now, actually, at the screen that's going on here at Scarefest, or the reprise screening. Mm -hmm. And I was shocked when their parents said, like, one of them was like a five-year-old. It's like, we're taking our kids to this. It's like, well, if the kid can differentiate between what's real, what's fake in movies, there's a lot of message here that has been getting through. We've heard from people whose marriages were saved because they, they were finally able to talk about what he had gone through with his burns mm -hmm. to his wife so that they were kind of on rocky ground. And now, by watching it, he was able to express things to her that ended up saving and re, yeah. you know, kindling things that they thought they had lost. And, and, and from people about bullying that 
you know, people who have been, you know, who were even suicidal, like, probably moments before the screening, and then watched the movie and, and heard the ending where he talks about holding on and, like, and look what you might miss, and was like, I can't, uh, you know, do this. So to have a reaction like that is always amazing. It's the best part of this film for me. It's just about survival, right? Yeah. Surviving yeah. the worst. Absolutely. You know, no matter how hard you get knocked, getting back up again. I want to talk about you two for a second. Where did your interest come from from this? Now, we talked about how you met, but at what day did, well, how did you go from being a documentary filmmaker and being a storyteller to where did your interest lie when you were younger? How did you get into it? Well, I've wanted to be a filmmaker since I was three and a half, literally. Ever since, I've never wavered on what I've wanted to do, ever. Uh, I've wanted to do it uh, ever since I saw Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. <laughs> Are you serious? It's a very inspirational film when you think about it. That was the first movie that With I... With Trump. That was the yeah, first movie. That's and really Tim Curry. Weird, no. And Tim Curry. Right, the, well, I mean, you got to talk about it. That was, the, was it true? Just that was the first, uh, movie, that was the first movie I ever saw in the theater. <laughs> I love the first one, so my dad took me to see it right after my sister was born. Uh, and sort of like, you know, father-son bonding thing so that I didn't feel like I was being replaced. Yeah. Yeah. And I fell in love with it and told him I want to do that. He's like, what do you mean, like act? And I was like, maybe, but I want to make movies. And ever since then, I've wanted to do this. So that, I mean, as far as horror goes, I've been a huge fan for years. I, I love this stuff. Like, um, I was just saying to him, like, even if we're not involved with the convention, I, I like to go to conventions. We do too. Yeah. I like to go to conventions. I like to call up Kane whenever he's somewhere I'm near and be like, listen, I need a pass. I'm coming. I'm just going to hang out at the convention, just chill with you for a little bit. Um, and like now to have be friends with Kane and friends with like Felissa Rose and stuff, it's, it's kind of surreal to be able yeah. to, you know, turn yeah. your passion into something you're now a colleague of theirs. You're not just a fan. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, I, so I, I started, I mean, in this weird way this kind of happened. I was in a band in high school, started to record the band, and, and this is a really weird thing, but uh, as I started, I built a studio, started to record more people, uh, I started to need to have contracts for that, mm -hmm. and I started making them and writing them myself, and I was like, this is like, it's weird how much I'm enjoying this. Yes. Um, and uh, I started to look into law, and I thought, well, law is kind of boring, like, you know, I don't want to go to court, I don't want to do that stuff. and. Uh, through the years, just met different lawyers and learned that entertainment law is a thing. Uh, and once I learned that, that was that was what I was going for. Uh, you know, went went to law school, worked for WWE, and said, "Well, California, I got to go there." Uh, moved there, and I've been having my practice there since. And, and uh, being on the outside, watching people, you know, do these projects, all that, you learn a lot from their mistakes. Uh, and finally, when this project got brought around, I said, "You know, this is the time to kind of start." start actually producing it and uh, you know hopefully it's the first of many. It's funny how often you learn from mistakes than mm -hmm. successes. Like yeah. we've learned a lot from watching other people fumble around about, because I produced it as well, about producing, about directing, like once you see what people do wrong, it's really easy to do the opposite. <laughs> well, you learn so much more from mistakes than you do than you do success because success just comes sometimes. And you're like, well, what was the difference? But when you screw up, you totally. Oh, sure. It. There's a there's a phrase in yeah. the, in the startup world they call it fail fast. You know, you need to, you, you, it's you can you can make mistakes, but don't keep repeating them. Just do it quickly. You know. Yeah, right. You mentioned hopefully the first of many projects. Do you have a dream project that okay. if that you would love to do? Others in this one. Right. Well, a dream project. Well, we well, we listen. I. The problem is I can't, I'm not going to say dream projects because uh, all of them are 
uh, on our list of projects we actually want to do. Okay. I don't want to say it because if we then approach the person, they'll know we want to do their movie. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> they Irish over the so, However, we did announce at, 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 the, at the Fright Fest. Fright Fest, yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's at Fright Fest that we're doing, uh, as of now, untitled documentary on it, Holliston and Adam Green and like his quest, like sort of the Rocky of documentaries, his quest to bring this little show to fruition despite many obstacles, despite all these successes in his life. Other than that, this has been his passion for years to do this project. And yeah, so that's what probably our next project is going to be. We're also just produced. Yeah, we're in post-production on a, on a uh, uh, home invasion film that um, hopefully will. I'm sorry, you went from that one to home invasion. Yes. <laughs> it's, well, it's, a, it's the first jump into, into narrative, and uh, okay. you know that's it's going to be a twisted film. I can't wait for people to see it. What do you think are the big challenges between, I mean, because the Boneheads have made a lot of short films, but obviously you're doing it on another level than us. So what do you think the big challenges are between, because they're both narratives, I, you know what I mean, you're still trying to tell a story just like you're talking about yeah. the roller coaster, keeping people, what do you think are the keeping people intrigued, what are the big differences between doing a documentary and just doing a straight narrative, what, what are the challenges for both and what's easier for both, well, does that make sense? For, for narrative, you know the story going into it, right. you know the script, everything is there, so pre-production is absolutely key, you know, being able to go in and know what's the shot going to be, yeah. how many people are going to need, all the logistics of that. And, um, actors. and the actors, how do we you get the right ones? You need to find great actors yeah. to do it. You can't, you can't tell you how many movies have been, mm -hmm. that I've even known people who have worked on that everything was planned, yet the actors were terrible, mm -hmm. and their movie was nothing. So to find good actors, I mean, a doc, the, the issues are sort of the opposite. It's like, it doesn't, really, it doesn't necessarily matter that everyone you interview is a good interviewer if you have the bulk of people that are good. Because you can always not use someone mm -hmm. a lot. Or cherry pick. Cherry pick you get moments. The cherry exactly. pick right. moments out. Right? And, and in a lot of ways, yeah. the, the documentary, you go in knowing the general story, but yeah. then the story kind of also reveals itself, right? Yeah. Originally, we weren't planning to go to the burn unit. That presented itself as an option. We weren't planning to go to Hawaii originally mm -hmm. uh, to interview Kane. That presented itself. And then once you have this full arching story, you then have to sit down and say, what do we have coverage of, right? One of the difficulties with this documentary, probably the hardest part of this documentary, yeah. was talking about Kane's young childhood and past because he doesn't really have pictures from that. Uh, he, as it reveals in the film, doesn't really talk with his family all that much. His parents have passed. And, and other than Steve, there's not many friends that he still talks to from back then that were really there during that time. So it's mostly just him talking. And how do you, how do you create a story? You can't just have Kane sitting there talking to the camera for 45 minutes. You have to put Correct. some stuff in there to do. And uh, I think we found a good way to kind of work around that. Lots of interesting, that was our day of, uh, we went out for two different days yep. and did B-roll. Uh, mm -hmm. One full day with Kane and then half day or a full day with just us to get mm -hmm. other shots because it, we needed coverage. We yep. needed things to cut away. We needed moments to make the audience also reflect. Like you can't just have him spew stuff and not give people a minute to Right. To think about what he yeah, said yeah, and reflect, yeah. and to have him reflecting, it was the perfect thing. And he got it. He got it pretty well. Yeah. And then he saw it. and He was like, "Oh my god, <laughs> oh, that's what we were doing." That's what we were doing. Because yeah. in the beginning, he was a little more like, "Why am I I'll walking give you, around?" Yeah, I'll give you like a couple again, hours. Exactly. And we got out there. and He was feeling it, so we got a lot more time at. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, he was like, "And then I saw the new cut, and I was like, boy, did that make a difference?'" Because yeah, <laughs> it did. I mean, it, it made yeah. the it, it left moments to breathe, not just. 
story, 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 but... We actually, a fun little side note that I don't even think we've ever mentioned in any interview. So when we were cutting the film, yeah. we knew that there were going to be these moments of Kane uh -huh. uh, walking around and stuff, and we were like, well, let's just find something. And we found this stock footage of a guy on a donkey, like, riding around, <laughs> so our temp footage was just this dude in a donkey with like a poncho and stuff and so it was really okay. weird when we were showing this to people to we're fair, like ignore this like ignore the donkey part this is gonna be but to it's be sort fair, of funny it was, that it was like a five minute clip and it had lots of like sunset shots and right. lots of like yeah. other stuff but we used that anytime it was like just Kane doing something it was always that one shot of the guy who was yeah sitting on a donkey and the camera went around pretend it's the temp score right yeah just no it's exactly it's the, the same thing score. and we're same like thing. the good thing about this is that usually people fall in love with the temp score yes. and then they don't want different music with this, it's like, a, trust me, no one wants the ten <laughs> video of the guy in the donkey, so yeah. it was a good choice. The music's amazing. Well, that's James Horner, and yeah. it's yeah. from Aliens, yeah. and we can't use it. We actually got very lucky. Our, the, our whole uh, film was original score. Uh, it was done by a friend of mine. I grew up with him, but he does all the music for the new X-Files, the new 24, like all the, he writes all the music, Blue Bloods. Um, so he, he does all the composing for that, and uh, you know, we, we got lucky. That he wanted to do this project with us. So, no, I, just from a personal standpoint. Um, Are you going to express something that maybe we shouldn't do online? Maybe. Okay. <laughs> well, this later. Go ahead, Chad. Um, oh my God. I was at the so, Kane, mm -hmm. he is such a unique personality. For sure. Um, I've had a few interactions with him myself, and I, I always walk away with a story. Mm -hmm. You know, the number one story, first time I ever met him. He was actually the first autograph I ever paid for to get. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. uh, it was my, actually my bachelor party, believe it or not. Oh, uh, that's kind of My friend who took cool. me. Yeah, and uh, I was with them, and they had paid for something previously mm -hmm. that I'd gotten while we were there. And I was like, and then he was signing my poster, and I saw 20, and I was like, oh, I thought I thought they laid it down. Mm -hmm. And apparently it was somebody else's 20, and Kane thought I was trying to rip him off. <laughs> <laughs> this is a true story. <laughs> this is a true story. You know, he just, he just like, um, you know, Thought, he gave me that look like he was going to strangle me, yeah. and then he, he just gave me a smile. Mm -hmm. And then the other story is, I, I'm setting up for the big Friday the 13th panel we had. I had 19 table chairs up there. Mm -hmm. He came in before anybody else, threw every single chair off to the side into a big step pile, and just stood up there by himself with his hands crossed. They waited for everybody to come in and go, where the hell am I supposed to sit? Yeah. You know, with these kind of stories, <laughs> is there anything? This was from, just last year, by the way. This was just last year. And I was moderating the panel. You know, with. <laughs> With that, type, with, with that type of personality, is there, any kind of, yeah, is there any kind of personal stories you will have of, of working with him? Well, one of the things I'll say is that Jane's personality at a convention is different than, let's say, his personality at home. We, we kind of show this a bit in the documentary. At home, he's you know a great husband, a great father, very quiet, just normal. You would, if you, loves if, his dog. Yeah, loves his dog, <laughs> his new dog. Yeah, and it's just one of those things that he's very different, but there are definitely times where on set, you know, I'm very afraid of heights. So as you know, in the documentary, right. we go back to the balcony that he climbs over and, you know, pretends to think, and he knew I was afraid of heights. So he's like, just come over here. I got to show you something. I'm like, dude, I know what you're going to do. Like, no, absolutely no. <laughs> and he's a big, he's much bigger than me. So yes. he just comes over and he drags me over to the edge. And, you know, in my mind's eye, he's dangling me by my feet. And I go back and I look at the footage, just my head hanging over he's the edge, this. but literally just my head over the edge. I was, I just was absolutely terrified, but you know, it was all in good fun. And he first, knew that if I had a real problem with it, he I didn't want him to but. mess with me, but I didn't tell him that because I read the book. But yep. Andrew said he's afraid you're going to mess with him or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so the first day, <laughs> the only thing he's actually done to mess with me, really, yeah. is on the first day, and don't watch this game, 
Don't worry, on. he's already cut off earlier going, who are these fat guys in the ball? <laughs> he banged on the door of the bathroom. We had the studio where we were shooting those, a lot of the shots where he's sitting yeah. there and banged in the bathroom door and just left. Went back into the sound. But it scared the crap out of you at the time. <laughs> and I was like, I came out like, oh my god, Kane, stop it. It was, was, it was, it was hysterical because I, I really wish Kane had been there for the fallout of that because Derek was expecting when he came out of the bathroom yeah. for Kane to be there. And I'm standing to the left, so Derek comes out and he looks to the left. And I'll never forget this. He turns to the right, a completely empty hallway, and he jumps backwards. There's nothing there because he thought Kane was going to be there. And I was dying. I was like, dude, he's not even here. He already went back inside. But yeah, it, it, it's pretty funny. I mean, he, he's definitely a personality. We know these conventions, he's... Um, He's making jokes with us, and, mm -hmm. and we've become close because it's been such a long, almost two and a half years mm -hmm. of making this thing. But we're excited for and, people to see it, and, and very personal. Yeah, I mean, because like yes. you can't watch the documentary and not. Like, he shared things with us that, that um, there was one thing in particular that he said. Hang on a second, guys, and left. Called his wife, mm -hmm. told her the story, and then came back in and told it to us because he never told her. Yeah, but he wanted to make sure he told his one. wife. Mm -hmm because he thought it was important. It's a very sweet moment. Yeah, and there's, it is. There's a moment when you all were filming where he's asked to turn the cameras off for a yeah. Oh, yes, right? I mean, yes. That, and then there's something about that that as big a monster as he can play, there's something that just makes that moment that much more. You see him killing 14 teenagers, yeah. and then, I need a second. Well, the teenagers had it coming. Right. I've worked with teenagers, and they, uh, Sorry. they do. It's, it's interesting <laughs> also, and I think part of the reason that the film comes across so genuine is because he, he'd sit down and he'd say, I'm going to tell this story one time. That's it. Like the, like the burn story, yeah. that's, they only did that once. And make sure each camera's going. Is everything going good? Don't stop. We're just going to do it all the way through. And, and it, you know tells the story as it is, and, it, it, and I think it worked so well because it wasn't rehearsed, it was just completely natural, and, and he, he went through the experience of it one time, and we didn't, we didn't redo it. I, I think the other side of that is, and, and I think what makes the documentary so interesting is, a lot of time you have, I've studied educational history, and they have house history, where the university pays for it, so of course the university is a perfect institution. <laughs> I think the really great documentaries, um, it's the one about the author, author Harlan Nelson called Dreams with Sharp Teeth that shows kind of the, it's that you show the complete human. He always tries to work at Harlan Nelson. Yeah, I do, but he hates the man so much. No, I hates don't. Him. Shut up, John. But no, I think he thinks Poe's a hack. Yeah. I think, oh, God. I think the tone <laughs> out of the documentary What did Poe do, Chad? Oh <laughs> We're going to interrupt him. What did Poe do, Chad? Banged his cousin down in a ditch. <laughs> Sorry. You're not a historian. Uh, <laughs> those no, are, those are factual. But, yeah. uh, I, I don't know if that's some sort of life necessary. I keep changing yeah. it up. It's, 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 it's banged his cousin down in a gutter, but I sometimes like to throw a ditch. Yeah, I think it's the, continue on with your, your question. But I think the other side of it is, I think the documentary, <laughs> what the documentary does well, it does, it does give the complete human view. And I think those documentaries are so much better right. because it is... It's everything. Did you have well, a question? No, I don't. Well, I was about to say, what, I mean, what, <laughs> we're in that time. Uh, I know, I know. What is I know. really important about, I mean, was that, what was really important about that to you all to get the complete story? Yeah, I mean, we told Kane from the beginning that we wanted to tell his story and his words and, and make it complete. So I think that it, um, I, I don't know, he didn't really have any hesitation with us. Mm -hmm. One of the things I think that might have helped with that is something we told him from the beginning, which was, uh, if there's ever anything you want to have cut, you get to have the you know right. final cut. So you can always. So he always was. You know, Andrew and I would talk to him about it before, yeah. and we were always able to convince him to record it. 
Yeah. So if and if he doesn't want it, like let us edit it in if we feel right. If you don't like it, and the perfect yeah, example yeah. of this was uh, in the documentary, you see Kane talking with a, a burn survivor in the in the burn unit when he's gowned up. He originally didn't want to shoot that because he's very humble about his charity work and, and, and his and his rehabilitation work with mm -hmm. these people. He does it to help them, not yes. to promote himself, right? So he was like, I don't really want that film. And I said, look, we're not going to show the guy, so you're not going to see him. Obviously, he's going to be able to keep his privacy. Yes. Let's just shoot it. We're going to put it in. If you don't like it, we take it out. No big deal. And he yeah. says, okay, fine. You know, that's what we'll do. And ultimately, I think when he saw it, he was like, it was done in a way that he liked. It, it, it didn't you know, uh, put him up on a pedestal right. while he's turning to someone else. It was just it's a very natural moment. It's literally just showing uh, a burn survivor talking to another burn survivor during exactly. the section about how if you listen to, if you have scars, mm -hmm. the people who are going through it will listen to you more. Mm -hmm. And I think that just showing that simple moment, yeah. that's why Kane liked it. It wasn't like, and Kane also does all this charity right. stuff. Yeah. Look at him. Look at him doing this. Look at him yeah. doing that. He does this for, he does, but you'll never see a picture of him. And on that note, how are we going? I know you got to make a plane. So, how do they get a hold of the documentary? Let's try to sell it. Well, first thing, go canehuntermovie.com. Right. Uh, sign up for our mailing list. We'll keep you updated. We are actually, when we get back to LA, kind of finalizing our okay. distribution deal, we'll be able to announce actually what outlets it's going to be through. Okay. Part of the reason we haven't released it immediately was because we want this to go as wide as possible. Like you guys said, you know, it's not Absolutely. just for the horror fans; it's for right. everyone. Mm -hmm. And we want to we want to align with the distributor who, who understands that and, and helps us with that. So. Uh, we're, we're going to be announcing that soon. Okay. I, please see this documentary. I'm being honest. This is the best monster is a great man. <laughs> and he really is. So please see this. Absolutely. And we'll be at uh, the Brooklyn Horror Film Festival mm -hmm. on the 14th and 15th of October. Yep. We're in LA at Screamfest on the 17th of October. Mm -hmm. And with, uh, seems like some more screenings that we'll be announced soon for the end of the month in November. Go out, check it out. Follow him on Twitter. Anything mm -hmm. else you got is going to want to so we're good. Nope, that's it. All right, so good. just follow us on social media, and we always respond to people. Absolutely, so. we'll be tweeting. And what, out. what are your Twitter handles? It's at Masterfully M is uh, the company's Twitter account. Uh, mine is Derek Z Herbert. He doesn't use. You don't want to use mine. Um, <laughs> we're on Instagram, we're Masterfully Macabre, and same with on Facebook, Masterfully Macabre Entertainment. One, one of us is much better at Twitter than the other two. I'm trying. I'm trying to get there. Okay, Eddie Woodrow. I used I used Twitter to yell at Time Warner Cable. So if you go through my tweet history, oh, it's literally just me yelling at Time Warner Cable. We just got rid of Time Warner Cable. We could do a whole show on that. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> all right. Thank you so much. This has been Bonehead from Scarefest. Thank you guys. Great. Thank we'll you for having us. Out of thank, here. You, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in. Yeah, we really hope you enjoyed that episode because we really enjoyed taping doing, it yeah, and it was, doing it. It was amazing. We'd like to thank Kane Hodder, who did not have to give us that time. We'd like to thank Kim and Amber for making it happen. Right. I mean, it's, oh, Amber, if I could give you a hug. Kim, if I could smack your butt. <laughs> who else? Branding. Brandon Griffith, yeah, the owner of Scarefest and his wife. And just for giving us the, the privilege of doing this stuff. And actually saying, dude, we're going to make it happen. Yes. He said it just that way. Wait. Dude, we're going to make it happen. And then, uh, last but not least, Ken Boggle. And Layla, yeah. And Ken, Layla. Ken Boggle. Haley's behind the camera if you're watching or listening to us on iTunes doing this little hand over her heart motion for Ken Boggle. Which again means she's having a heart attack. In which case we need to wrap this episode up because... She's going to die. Oh. And she? we've already lost one. Yeah, we've already lost James. James to ass disease. disease. Yeah, absolutely. We want to go ahead and thank Andrew Barcello. 
and Derek Dennis Herbert. The producer and the director. They were great. It was wonderful. The weirdest thing that came out of that episode was... Home Alone 2. Derek, seriously, how did you start making movies after watching Home Alone 2? I'll never figure it out. But no judgments. Nope. Except because, that we just judged him. Yeah, but he made it. But look what he did. He I made know. a sweet-ass documentary. Absolutely. And we're sitting here talking about the sweet-ass documentary. Absolutely. So good on you. Good for you, Andrew, for making me and Derek for making me look so stupid in my basement. All right, so thank you so much for this episode of Bonehead. I hope you enjoyed it. Toodles. Toodles. All right, we're out of here. Rest in peace, James. Haley, do you need a defibrillator? Clear! We really hope... We will we? We will we? We will we? We will we? We This is Baba Walters, and this is 2020. Anyway. Get some Vaseline on that lens!